Welcome everyone to the Anna Tong podcast, the podcast on healing, spirituality, and personal growth. I am Anna. Thank you wholeheartedly for joining today. I'm so so grateful for you. Today I am hosting the beautiful Uma Punch. Uma Punch is a multi-award transformational mindset coach, corporate trainer, and keynote speaker. Academic and researcher, she is passionate about inspiring, motivating, and empowering people to become their best version. Thank you so much, Uma, for joining me today. How are you? I am brilliant. Thank you so much for having me, Anna. Such a pleasure. So I really, really wanted to start with a warm-up question, which is, what are three things that you are grateful today? Wow, great question, and I think gratitude has been something that's really transformed my mind. So I'm so pleased to be answering this as our warm up question. Ah, oh, gratitude. Let me start with before I go into what I'm grateful for. Let me start with my journey or relationship with gratitude. Okay, so I didn't know much about gratitude. Of course, we keep saying thank you. It's it's it's, it's a normal. I've only said thank you as a courteous, you know, kind of an gesture. Not that it had anything beyond the word, but. Um, at times, you know, when I was going through a very difficult time in my life, I came across, uh, I was constantly learning and seeking ways to improve myself. And in terms of positive psychology, gratitude was constantly coming up. If you wanted to have a positive state of mind, if you want to feel happy, oh, I remember, this is what I was searching for. How do I be happy? How can I be happy? Because I was sad. And then in that quest to find out an answer, okay, how to become happy, I found a lot of information about gratitude. And every single spiritual leader, personal development leader have been speaking about gratitude. And then I got intrigued. Ah, so what's about gratitude? And then I came to understand what gratitude does to us. So the more we are grateful for the things that we have in our life, the more we attract those things into our life. So I came to understand that when you are grateful, when you express gratitude, you release happy hormones like endorphins and dopamines, as opposed to stress hormones like cortisol, right? And then with that understanding, I was like, okay, there's something to this. Otherwise, this is not going to be appearing so much, especially in research and so on. So and then I thought, okay, Today, I remember, vividly remember that morning when I started to practice gratitude. So I was uh, here at, at Chatswood uh, train station, really, very unhappy in that morning. And I was thinking, oh, okay, I can make myself happy by thinking about something I'm grateful for. And mm-hmm. then I'm, think- I'm thinking, but I don't have anything to be grateful for. Life is not the way I want it to be. So why would I be, what can I be grateful for? And then I was thinking, oh, maybe I need to try this. I need to experiment it. Then I'm thinking, ah, okay, maybe I could be just grateful for, I was looking around and I saw a beautiful rose garden right in front of me. I had been to that station so many times before, but hardly have I paid attention to the beautiful rose garden there. Then I paid attention to the rose garden and I'm thinking, wow, 
this is beautiful. It looks gorgeous. And then that reminded me, it took me to a time when I was a kid and my mom, you know, the person who introduced rose was my mom. So she used Mm -hmm. to grow rose plants. We had those beautiful roses at home. And there's one particular color that she'll call the dirty pink. And I still... Mm -hmm. It's stuck to my memory. And that, see, as I'm even talking now, my body is just beaming with positive energy and love and, you know, happiness. And the moment I connected myself to my childhood memories and the beautiful times then, I was feeling so happy. And I was absolutely amazed with, with what a single thought of gratefulness can do to you. And I stuck on to it. I was like, this is my mantra. Whenever I want to feel happy, I'm going to be thinking about something I'm grateful for. So that's how I started that journey. And then I made it more of a, what can I say, a systematic practice Mm -hmm. by journaling what I was grateful for. And I think I like this book, uh, the journal called the Gratitude Journal that asks you to write three things that you're grateful for. And then it goes on and on. But then I then started with a few apps like the Gratitude Garden. And every day you go and type in three things you're grateful for, you get a flower or a bird in your garden. And by the end of the month, I saw that beautiful gratitude garden app growing with plants and flowers and, you know, beautiful, cute little animals. And then something started to shift from a point where I was Uh, you know, consciously seeking and searching for what I'm grateful for, it became natural. Mm. And, you know, initially, it was a bit of tried effort thing I had to put effort on, but then it became natural. And I'd just be grateful for everything for everyone. And it became it became very natural to me. So I think today, um, I'm constantly grateful for everything in my life and to know how my life has transformed through the power of gratitude is just outstanding. So Anna, your question was to me, what are the three things you're grateful for? But I jumped the track and I went, you know, a step back because I wanted to start from where I started to become grateful for. So I hope that will be useful for the audience as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, even when you were speaking, I feel like positive energy and getting tingles. So that's definitely oh, a really, God. really good sign. And gratitude <laughs> Thanks, is something lovely. that I practice every single day as well. So I yeah. can totally relate to what you were talking Understand, about. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So now I'm going to go to the three things that I'm grateful for. Okay. So big breath. Three things, so much that I'm grateful for, but if I have to really pick only three, the three would be my family. It'll be for my experiences and for my awesome mindset. Now, I'm giving this in the order that I've I've received it in my life, or it's 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 it came into my life, right? So yeah. let's start with family. Wow. What a great support my family has been for me. And my heart warms up as I say this because they've been through every every juncture of, of my journey where there's been ups and downs and they've held me and they've supported me. And especially now that the journey that I am in, in inspiring people as a mindset coach, working on the projects. I mean, my entire family is into this. And, you know, my my... This morning, you won't believe, I um, I was just kind of, as we were talking about this podcast, I was getting myself prepared. And I went into, I use Anchor as a, as a platform for my podcast. I just jumped into it to test the test uh, settings. 
And I happened to listen to a podcast that was recorded a couple of, you know, probably last year. And my son had recorded that podcast. I'd actually forgotten about it. And he did it. He's an introvert. And he recorded it because he was just coming back from work. And he was listening to me recording this podcast and said, Mom, I want to record this. And I said, hey, but uh, people would be expecting to listen to my voice. He said, no, I don't know why, but I'm just feeling so inspired. He is an introvert. You can never, ever see him talk in public or speak to anyone. He just dropped in his, no, I'm going to be recording this. And he recorded that podcast. And to listen to it today, I was feeling so inspired. Similarly, mm. my, my entire family, my sister would say, what can I do for you today? My brother, my family, every single person in my family kind of supports me in the journey that I am in today. So very, very grateful for that. And, um, and you know, it's very important for people, your family, to believe in you, for them to stand by and say, you're doing the right thing. We want to be part of this. What a great, uh, how blessed am I to have my entire family supporting in this work that I'm doing. So, yes, I want to completely express my gratitude to my family, my brother. Oh, my God. I know he even paused his work for, for a year where he was able to focus and help me in doing what I'm doing, spreading the great, you know, message and and my mom, she's so old, there'd be some, you know, Indian um, sort of podcast I'd be doing, and she'd be helping me to translate them in, in my language. And, you know, oh, wow. last night, late night, she said, no, I said, mom, I have to do this, but I'm finding it difficult to do it in Tamil, because I want some words. And it's not, she said, Uma, I just was about to have my lunch, but I'm going to stop and I'm going to do this for you. And then I'll go and have my lunch, but I want you. And she said, when do you want this? I said, I want it right now. I want to record it now. And she says, no, 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 don't stress. I'm going to do that for you. But she's so old, but she still wants to put that effort for me, right? Yeah. So yes, my gratitude for my family. And um, let's go to my experiences. Why my experiences? Honestly, Anna, as, I, as I'm even speaking about my experiences, my heart is kind of pound, pounding because it it, it, yeah. it reminds me as much as of good times, it's reminding me of the difficult times that's been I've gone through in my life. And it's kind of, you can even hear it in my voice. I'm feeling quite emotional at this point, thinking about the lowest times in my life where I was in existential crisis. I was like, I just don't want to even live. I don't know what is in there for in my life. What's the purpose of my life? I just was so down. And at those times, you know, I'd lift myself and say, no, we, I can't give up. I can't give up on myself. There's something more to life. So every time doors shut down, every time, every, I've started my life so restarted reclaimed my life so many times in the past and every time a door would shut I'd be shattered to pieces I'd be like why I just started I just started on this journey why I want this to last but so many things haven't lasted in my life and uh, thinking about it really brings you know tears to my eyes but then I'm thinking I'm grateful for all the shut doors I'm grateful for all the things that did not eventuate the way I wanted it to I'm grateful for the difficult times in my life I think more than the good things in my life I'm grateful for the bad things in my life because yeah. that's what made who I am today it's made me human it's made me humble Oh my God, I can keep talking about, you know, but now as I'm talking about the positive things that came out of all the negative events, because see, 
It's not about what happened to you in your life, but what do you do with what happened to you in your life? What do you do with all those bad things that happened to you? Soul-crushing events. Everyone go through something or the other during our lifetime, isn't it? I've gone through soul-crushing events in my life. Mm. I still remember a time, uh, you know, a lovely friend of mine said, I said, oh, I'm just in rock bottom, zero. Where do I start? She said, well, you've got a blank canvas here. Start whatever. You can paint whatever you want to paint. Isn't that not everybody gets that opportunity to start their life from ground zero, scratch. So draw whatever you want to do. And I drew the most amazing picture I could for my life. And when we started this, when we just spoke this morning, I said, how are you doing today? Uma? I said, I'm living my dreams and I am living my yeah. dreams. <laughs> so yes, so I am ve- I'm very, very grateful for everything that happened in my life, especially all the difficult things, all the difficult people, all the difficult circumstances and events. Absolutely grateful for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And last but not the least, my mindset. It's, it's, it's just, what's the word can I, what word can I use for my mindset? It is, oh, I can't even find a word to, to appreciate my mindset because this is not what, this is not the mindset I had. Of course, I had a positive mindset. Also, I did think, and I, I, I was always a happy kid and, you know, all those things were fine. But it's beyond that. It's beyond positive thinking. It's beyond being trying to be happy and everything. There's so much more to it. That's about priming your mind to work for you rather than working for against you. And also yeah. guarding your mind and, you know, just sheltering it, preserving it and protecting it and manipulating it away that it absolutely brings the best for you in your life. Attracting everything that you want to attract into your life. Abundance mindset. I I switch from a scarcity and a fear mindset to an abundance and absolutely joyful mindset. And that abundance mindset was the biggest shift. And the possibility and the knowing that I am the creator, every single thing in my life, I created the good and the bad. So if I got myself into this, I can get myself out of this and I won't stop until it's over. And I never, I don't think it's ever going to be over because we always want to become the next best version, the next best version of ourselves, right? I would be version two, Uma, version three, Uma. Every year I'd keep going on to the next better version of myself. And that has been totally possible because I've primed my mind in such a way that I just attract things into my life through law of attraction, through the power of visualization, synchronicity. I just feel through through the right mindset, uh, the positive mindset, things would just fall into my lap. You know, the the way I'm saying that is that I just don't have to go, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't have to be in desperation. I don't have to go in search of anything. Mm -hmm. I just have to put it out to the world, to the universe saying, hey, well, this is what I want. I'll be thinking about it. And somebody will call me and tell me, I'm going to do this for you. Can we do this? Here's an opportunity. It'll just show up. And at such times, I remember speaking to a client of mine a couple of days back. She's going through a very difficult time. She said, Uma, I just need, I just want just to know how you do this. How are you doing this? So um, I kind of told her when I was speaking that I, I actually feel that I'm being 
cradled by mother universe that she kind of you know nurtures and nourishes me like you know when yeah. when you're a small baby a newborn the mother you don't ask the mother for milk right she she keeps looking for you she keeps caring for you and even before you ask she's doing something for you that's how i feel i've been protected by this the, the mother universe that she protects and cradles me and makes sure that i don't fall i don't trip i don't get hurt you know and mm-hmm. before i need something I've, I've been given that. So I am so very grateful for priming my mind in a way that it's it's brought me all the successes. It's not been easy. It's been such a hard work that I put through much trial and error, figuring out what works and what doesn't work. And that is why now I teach people how to use the power of their mind to just empower themselves, unleash their true potential. Because when I started to learn about it, I was fascinated what you could achieve through the power of your mind. So that's that's what I do. I help people to rewire their mind, reprogram their brain and achieve powerful, positive transformations in my life, just like I did for myself. That is so wonderfully said, Uma. <laughs> and Oh, yes. Talking about the power of the mind. I've read a lot about it as well and learned Mm -hmm. a lot. It's just Mm -hmm. so amazing how much potential the mind or I could I could even say like how limited our ego Mm -hmm. is. Like I know when in previous times when I tried manifesting things, um, I would manifest it, but they weren't things that I really, really wanted. And Mm -hmm. Afterwards, when I asked my soul to lead, the soul just brought me, my soul, my heart just brought me what I truly wanted. So, yes. So it's so, I don't know, it's so cool and so amazing how like everything is connecting and meeting Mm. you and um, your journey as well is very, very inspirational. And I wanted to ask that. Yeah. Um, how did you discover mindset work? Like how, yeah, how did you discover it? Mm, Good question. Brilliant question. How did I discover mindset work? I discovered because I was desperate. Yeah. I was desperate to get myself out of the rut. I was desperate to find a way out of where I was in. It wasn't working for me because as Albert Einstein says, You can't do the same thing and expect a different result. You want something different in your life. Do something differently. I'm thinking, what am I going to be doing differently? I don't even know what is there different. And that quest, as I mentioned earlier, to get myself and find my best version where I was lost and I didn't know what to do is what led to mindset work. And when I stumbled upon the the capabilities that we have as human beings and the untapped potential, just because... We've given away a power of the mind thinking that we don't have any power. How pathetic that is. We just think we don't have it. We just limit ourselves thinking that we don't have it. This is a lovely story. I don't know where it originated, but I do know that, you know, I know the Indian version of the story where they talk about an elephant being tied to a pole in a temple. And this elephant would, would go around just two meters around that pole, okay? When As a small, when it was a baby elephant, they tied it and it'll go round and round around that pole, just mm-hmm. only two meters around that. And as it grew, this, they removed that rope. They untied the elephant and then it would still go round and round around that two, two meter. That's it. 
it wouldn't go, it wasn't even tied to the pole anymore, but still it just went round and round thinking that it did not have any space or it did not have the capability to go any further. That's, that's the most pathetic thing for human beings to think that they don't have power, they don't have potential, this is all they can be. Fear comes in the way, lack of confidence, lack of self-worth and self-esteem, every single thing comes in the way and we are the ones who are stopping us from our magnificence and achieving our vision. So for me at that point, in order to seek my best version, I needed to find a way. And that desperation to find that was my inspiration. That's what brought me to this whole world of what mind can do for us and what if that everything starts with mindset. And I know getting things done, imagine to have to be juggling between an academic, a researcher, I've embarked on my PhD journey, um, an academic, I teach in universities, and to be running a social enterprise, and everything in between that, I'm able to do it because of a certain mindset, because things happen for me, as I mentioned earlier, just get things get gets done. And um, this morning, I was speaking to another client of mine who's a doctor and we were speaking about okay how do we leverage because this is the thing we we have we have resources within us even when the external resources are, are depleting like where in this world that we are right now with covid we don't have access to a lot of external resources like a social life or you know anything for that matter right so jobs and anything and everything You've got internal resources that you can tap into and make use of it. It's not about how much resource you have. It's about how resourceful you are. And then I was saying that um, with the right mindset, you will attract opportunities into your life and you don't have to go after things. I'd be like, when I'm picking a call to get something finalized, I wouldn't be thinking, would this person pick up a call? That's, that's not how I think. The way I think is different. I wouldn't think, oh, will I be able to get through this call? Say, for example, my plan is um, I'm involved in a research um, assistant project. And within a very short span, I was able to finalize like the number of participants that we had to finalize for the research. And how did I do that? Something that other people consider very, very difficult because when I pick up the phone to speak to someone to check whether they'd be interested in a research, I wouldn't be thinking, would they pick up the call? I'd be thinking, what time can I schedule them in? That's where I am. I'm in the future. I'm not sitting here and thinking, would this person pick up the call and say yes or no to me? I'm already yeah. thinking what day and which you know time am I scheduling this person? And it happens like magic. It does. It does. It, that's that's what law of, and that's what law of attraction is, right? Like you imagine you already have that thing and you'll yeah. keep on visualizing and yeah. you're doing the things right now that will mm. lead you to um, exactly. where you want to go. And that's yes. exactly what I've been doing as well. <laughs> brilliant and I know you are now we've been you know in contact for such a long time and I know how you have transformed as a person and I think it's a marvelous work you've done on yourself as well so congratulations Anna. oh thank you I think you came into my life at a really good time as well when I was at my lowest moment and you did your best to help me and I feel really really grateful for that so thank, thank you, you.
Yeah, thank you. So uh, what are your favourite tools or strategies that you like to use to improve your mindset? I mean, we've discussed some already. Are there Mm. like some tools that you love to practice? Yes, yes. And great question again. I love that question because if you ask me to talk about this particular topic that I'm going to say mindfulness because that's the tool that I use apart from other tools. This is one of my favorite tool that I use and I've been practicing a mindfulness lifestyle and it's transformed my life again for the best. And if you let me talk about this, I'll talk all day long and my PhD is on (laughs) mindfulness anyway. So this is what I am totally, again, uh, addicted to, if you will, absolutely addicted to mindfulness. And all that I talk all day long will be about mindfulness because the versatility and the level of, you know, where you can apply this is just phenomenal. Pain management, mindfulness, anxious mind, mindfulness, performance, mindfulness, stress management, mindfulness, there's Mm -hmm. not unable to sleep, mindfulness. So there's not a single, (laughs) you know, uh, area of your life that you cannot apply mindfulness. So yes, mindfulness is one of the primary tools that I use to help me perform at my peak, keep, you know, help reduce anxiety and stress. And after I started mindfulness, as I mentioned, Again, that came to a point where I was seeking ways to uh, reduce my stress and improve my performance because I'm going through a lot of stress and I wanted a way to manage my stress. And then I learned about mindfulness. I knew about meditation because in mindfulness, meditation is a systematic practice. It's part of mindfulness. Okay, while mindfulness is a lifestyle meditation is a systematic approach to mindfulness. And then I'm thinking, but I can't be kind of, you know, sitting and meditating all the time. I'm not that person who can shut my mind. And actually, I was wrong. And most people don't do mindfulness thinking that it's something that you can't do. Actually, knowing these limitations and then learning to overcome those is what mindfulness helps us to do. And most importantly, helps us to reduce suffering in our life. We suffer because we think that life has to be in a certain manner. And what mindfulness helps us to do is to develop qualities like acceptance, qualities like non-judgmental attitude, compassion, being in the present and now. What amazing sort of principles that mindfulness is built on. It kinds of helps you to live a very peaceful life, a life that's absolutely a journey worth living because it's not always about the destination. People think it's a destination. I need to get there. No, it's not about the destination. It is the journey. Every single day when I get to bed, I'm asking myself, did I, did I live my life well, my day well? Was this the day? Was this the way that I want? I know I'd love my day to be. And yes, absolutely. So being mindful helps us to pause, to be in the present moment, to be non-judgmental, accepting things as they are without wanting them to be any different and and being compassionate to ourselves and to our fellow human beings. Yeah, and I can really tell that you're so passionate about <laughs> mindfulness. And what, because often meditation is linked with mindfulness and mm. I know personally for myself, I felt like at the very beginning, it was really hard to commit to meditation every single day. It took me a while since there are also so many different types of meditations. So what are your tips for like beginning to start meditating or like 
to, yeah. So what are your top tips if someone Great. is interested in mindfulness and meditation? Like how, how can they start? Good question. So, yes. So as I mentioned earlier, meditation is part of mindfulness okay but it's more of a lifestyle so people cannot think that oh i meditate and i'm mindful no mindfulness is a lifetime that it's it's a it's a lifestyle and a lifetime commitment if you will so we yeah. live mindfully being a because we are conscious human being we, we we are consciousness but we are not conscious because we are either living in the past or the future so we are taken away from the present moment so we live on an autopilot subconscious conditioning we are not even conscious we are breathing we don't know we are breathing right that's the problem yeah. so in order to develop those qualities definitely understanding mindfulness and its constructs are very important and learning what mindfulness and practicing mindfulness meditation as i mentioned earlier is a systematic practice and there's a uh, you know, how I help my clients is through mindfulness courses. I help them learn systematically every pillar of mindfulness on an eight-week mindfulness program. So my recommendation is to really learn what mindfulness is first. Awareness is great, having the awareness, but then we need to learn what mindfulness is and practice it on a day-to-day -day basis. So all these systematic approaches I have taught within my programs, which, you know, anybody is welcome to come and check on. And definitely learning and having the awareness and then applying it is very, very important because you can have a wealth of knowledge about mindfulness, but if you don't apply it, then you're not going to be getting the results, right? So yes, start with meditation, simple mindfulness meditation. And I'm happy to share one of my six-minute mindfulness meditation for our audience. And we can put it in the links where they can get access to it. I recommend doing it for the next seven days daily and start seeing the changes and slowly incorporate it into your life. Yeah, and um, I think that would be a great idea. So thank you so yeah. much for that. Gotcha. And how about for like people who have really busy minds and like people mm. who overthink? Because I know at the very beginning, I found it really mm. hard to meditate because I just had mm. so many thoughts and I couldn't really... Mm connect with my body like what are your suggestions for that excellent another excellent question and I think Anna you've got this beautiful knack of asking the right questions that's really oh. leading into the conversation isn't it yes that is the problem a busy mind a mind that's constantly chattering and you just can't stop it can you and that's the nature of the mind we can't be angry with our mind for doing what it's meant to be doing it's just doing its duty but the question here is are you a slave to your mind or are you its master? Because it's doing its duty, but it's your responsibility to guard your mind by regulating the thoughts. That's what I'm saying. Do not control your thoughts. Why would you want to control? Because it's not possible. It's not humanly possible to sort of stop your thought because even thinking to stop a thought is a thought in itself. <laughs> yeah. Do you get it? So yeah. even if you sat and meditated and said, I should not think, that is also a thought before you stop to think. So what you do is basically when you start to meditate, thoughts are going to start surfacing. So the more it starts to surface, just monitor it. You just have to look at the thoughts as passing clouds. Yesterday's one client I was speaking and she just burst out laughing, laughing when I said this. I said, when thoughts come, unwanted thoughts like negative thoughts, Treat them as an unwanted guest. 
If it's an unwanted guest, you don't kind of feast them or invite them to a buffet or a great chai latte you, yeah. or masala chai. You just, you know, politely send them away, right? Yeah. So similarly, <laughs> she really laughed for a very long, long time. She said, oh, I'm not serving <laughs> chai anymore. No more masala chai. I'm going to let go of this unwanted guest like I would, uh, you know, unwanted thought as I would let go of an unwanted guest. So. And just with thoughts, I just want to give you a little bit more inside that because our audience knowing this will give them a better perspective as to how to deal with the thoughts. So in a day, we've got about 60,000 to 70,000 thoughts of which 50% of our thoughts are negative thoughts and 90% of our thoughts are from the previous day. And because 50% of our thoughts are negative thoughts, we are recreating those negative events in our life because negative thoughts are like Velcro. It just sticks on strongly and positive like Teflon. It just slides away. So, and at any given point, people have only 47% of their attention in any given task that they're doing, even listening to us. I bet you based on research, only 47 of their attention is with us at this moment. 53% is mind wandering, either in the past or the future. That's the nature of the mind. But it is our responsibility to mindfully manage our thoughts. And what that means is that, so you say, for instance, we're sitting and meditating. A thought pops up. Oh, I need to complete that report. Now, positive thoughts and negative thoughts, too, you might have. Negative thoughts, I shouldn't have done this. Why did I even do that? How am I going to do this? I'm not going to pass this exam. I'm not going to finish this report. My parent did that. My boyfriend, oh, my God. And then you can imagine when you're busy and you've got this busy mind, it doesn't kind of bother you that much. But when you're silent and sitting and watching this drama, it's Hence you, and you're like, oh, I don't want to meditate anymore. It's too scary. There's too much drama going on there. And people decide not to meditate. But my recommendation, sit with it. Sit with those thoughts. You don't have to engage with the unwanted guest, unwanted thought. You don't want to, you know, have a, have a rapport with them. Just let it be. It comes and it goes. It comes and it goes. Just like the passing cloud. You are the observer and you are the observed, you do not engage or participate in that mind conversation. Yeah. So when we try, when we start developing that habit on practice of just sitting and observing, okay, I've got a negative thought, well done, come along, and you can go. So basically, what your thoughts are trying to do is grab your attention. So you need to show to your thoughts that yes, I know you're here. And I understand your worries, but it's okay. We'll be fine. You could, you could even do that, you know, in, in the initial stages, just to say to let it go, let it go, let it go. And before you know, the thoughts will start diminishing. And then you start feeling more calm. There's more clarity because there's no mind chatter or mind clutter. So that's the approach when we sit and meditate. If there's too much of thoughts coming through, don't engage, let it pass. And before you know, you'd get really very professional in doing a great mindfulness meditation. Yeah. And most importantly, I also have to tell that not to be judgmental about the thoughts and be judgmental about yourself for having thoughts. Okay. Be compassionate and telling yourself that, yes, in in due course, we'd be able to manage this better. I hope that helps. Yeah, definitely. And I found that Thoughts give us so much information when we actually listen to them. 
So like mm-hmm. in my own experience, I found that I'm, I'll have a lot of thoughts when I haven't done something or taken any actions towards something that I really want to do or if I've procrastinated or haven't really just, I guess, yeah, done, just taken the action towards mm. doing the thing that I need to do or that would really help and benefit my life. So yeah. it's it's really interesting when we become like an observer to our thoughts because yeah, exactly. they just give us so much information on what we need. Yeah. Or what hasn't been resolved as well. That's what I found. Yes. Beautiful. I just love the way that you've got this great relationship with your thoughts in terms of, okay, (laughs) what's the information I'm getting? What can I learn from this? What can I change from this? What ideas am I getting? Isn't it? Yeah, I think that was a huge journey for me because Mm -hmm. at the very beginning, my thoughts were quite toxic and negative Mm -hmm. and pretty overwhelmed. Like You can say that quote-unquote I was the slave of my thoughts and it was my journey to release that and be freed and to become the owner or not really the owner the friend of my thoughts yes Yes. befriend your thoughts exactly I love that friend of your thoughts and I can also resonate the level of negative thoughts it used to be exhausting right Mm. I know my clients constantly saying it's exhausting my entire day I'm drained I'm not because of doing a lot of things but because dealing with my thoughts I get so drained at the end of the day because there's so much I'm dealing with my thoughts more than my work yeah yeah but I guess I really like the idea that recurring idea of being you know responding to these situations and being empowered to change Mm. this when it happens and get out of a situation that we Mm. don't really like to be in. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. The problem is, you know, what worries me is that the problem is not the problem for many people. They say I've got a problem, but it's actually not a problem because they're okay to live with that problem. And that's where I say, no, it's not okay to live with a problem. It's good to acknowledge you've got a problem, but not just, you know, stay with it, do something about it, get yourself out of it. There are ways you can do it. I've done it. I've got myself out of the problems that I was in. And not that problems are not going to come and keep coming, but in doing so, we get more resilient, right? And and more mm-hmm. empowered to deal with whatever is coming in our way. Yeah. You're right about that because a problem could look like it's not a problem mm. on the short term, but yes. after like 10 years, you realize that, oh, it is a problem. <laughs> and when that happens... Yeah. It's like too late. Too late, exactly. Exactly. And I also found that it's also about our relationship with problems or solving problems, mm. like how whether we treat these problems as, as opportunities to grow or mm. we treat them as things to avoid and to wow, like push I back. That. I love that. Absolutely a brilliant uh, statement there because I think with the mindset, just as you were saying, this comes to my mind that it's my earlier on when I used to have problems, I've got a problem. This is too much. Why me? Why this victim mindset and poor me mindset? And then with the changed mindset, it's like I really switched my mind and it's actually possible. You know, I'll come to that in a minute because I can keep diving between into different topics as we speak but let's come back to the main point here is that when problems I used to have problems before I used to think it's too much why me but then now when a problem comes I don't call it a problem anymore I say it's a challenge so the the narrative 
changes the dynamics of that particular mm-hmm. incident or circumstance mm-hmm. or event. So when you say a problem, oh, it is, it, you need to solve it and it's, it's terrible and it's something, problems is always associated with something we don't like. A challenge is like a game. People associate challenges to games, isn't it? Oh, it's challenging. I love to be, has anyone said that, you know, I love to have problem. I love <laughs> to be challenged, but I love to be challenged. I know it's even in my bio. I've said, I love to be challenged in my career. I love to be challenged in my studies. So people love to be challenged. So when we change the narrative from problem to challenge, our outlook towards that particular event becomes different. There's a positive way of dealing with that challenge or the relationship with the problem. So then we're able to deal in a different way. And just like you said, I'm also always seeking for what is the opportunity for me in this problem? What could I be doing? And I guess that is why, Anna, 2020, 2021 has been one of the brilliant years of in my lifetime, because in this problem, I was able to see the best version of myself, how resilient I was, how I could be shifting the way that I was working. So many things manifested during this time. It's very sad to see what's happening in the world, but it is our responsibility to find opportunities in this challenge and how could we make things better for us, for our community, for our family and for the world. So yes, seeking opportunities from the challenges that we have is the way forward. That is so beautifully said. And I feel like, Uma, you really embody and demonstrate the empowered mindset of taking on everything that comes your way. I really, really love that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for your kind appreciation, Anna. Okay. Just to finish off today's podcast, just finishing mm-hmm. off, I just want to thank you so, so much for being here today and joining me. And you've talked so much about mindfulness and I learned so much from you as well. And if any of my listeners, I guess, interested in working with you, how can they contact you? Great question. And uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me because what a great opportunity for me also to pause and think through, you know, just like a bit of rewind and forward. It was lovely to pause and do this today. So thank you for the opportunity. And um, well, if people would like to work with me, I think there's one thing I'd like to say that one, I don't work with anyone and everyone. And let me tell you why. Uh, The reason I'm saying this is that I only help people who are willing to help themselves. I know I'm being very upfront in this, but it is what it is. Because, see, if people want, don't want to help themselves, you can't help them no matter what, right? That's and right. that's why whenever someone says that, I'd like to work with you, dude, can I have an appointment? And first few things, you know, can I join your program? I'd say, I just want to check in a few things with you. So I ask them, on a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to make this change for you? If it's anything less than an eight or nine, some people could have fear. So they might say eight, nine, but I get them to a 10. If they're at a five and they're not willing to come to a 10, I don't consider that as an, you know, commitment to work on themselves. Because mm-hmm. you see, being interested in being committed are two different things. We could be interested in being the best versions of ourselves. But if you don't have the commitment, because if you're interested, you do it only when you feel like doing it. But when you're committed, you do whatever it takes to get to there, isn't it? And secondly, how much is this a priority to you on a scale of 10? If this is, oh, it's a priority of five that I want to grow to a better person. I want to overcome your challenges. No, please come back when you are at a 10 because we need results. 
And my reputation matters and your transformation matters to me. So we have to work together. You must be at a 10 on 10, making this a priority and also being 10 on 10 committed to make that shift in your life. And if that's the case, then I'm happy to offer a self-discovery session to assess where you are right now and where you want to get to in your life. And then we will see where the gaps are. Is it a mindset related issue? What is it that you can you can leverage from your internal resources to overcome your problem? And it could be belief-related mindset, values, conflicts, or anything of those misalignment, you know, self-sabotaging thoughts, any of those things. So it's definitely possible to change our lives because we need to be the change we want to see in this world. So that's when, if that's the thing that anybody is interested to work with me with a 10 on 10 commitment and 10 on 10 priority, then yes, we can leave my contact details and links in this podcast channel and people can reach out to me and we can take it forward from there. There's so many free resources ebooks, journals, articles, so much free resources I've put out there, online courses on mindfulness, mindfulness booster challenge. And you know what I'm thinking, Anna? I just spur of the moment. I would like to gift our audience a five-day mindfulness booster challenge. How does that sound? Oh, I think that sounds amazing. And I think it's perfect yes. for these times where you know we're in yes. lockdown. Let's do that. So I will give the offer for a five-day mindfulness booster challenge. So people can go there and do the challenge and start to get a taste of what mindfulness is. That might be a great introduction for them to get into mindfulness. Let's do that, Anna. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Excellent. Thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, so if you are interested in working with (laughs) Uma and you feel like you're 100% committed, then... Mm please check out the five-day challenge and that will be in the notes as well. So thank you so much for today, everybody for listening. I feel really, really grateful and I will see you next time.